and welcome to Noah's Window. Um, just to remind you, the reason that we're spending this time each day coming to you and talking to you for a little bit, we're reminded of Noah when he was in the ark and he was going through a terrible storm. But God had put this window in the top of the ark <clears throat> so that Noah would look up and have his focus on the Lord and what God was doing. And so we're kind of taking that thing, and we have now for, we're getting close to a year, it's hard to believe. Um, but we want to continue to bring these thoughts to you in the morning that we hope will focus your attention and your vision toward the Lord. So <clears throat> last week, Mark was talking to you about different personality types that we can find in the Bible and challenged you to find yourself. And we've gotten some really um, interesting feedback, and we really appreciate your feedback. And some of them made us chuckle. Um, but we just love this opportunity to have another reason to dig into the Bible and uh, get to know God better as we study the Bible. So <clears throat> I've got a different thought or a few thoughts I want us to spend a few days thinking about, and that is um, some emotions that we all have experienced, most probably, especially in the last 12 months. Um, no matter what your um, particular place in life is right now, whether, they're, whether you're young and you have exciting things going on, maybe you're still in school, or maybe you're in your college years, maybe you're planning your wedding, whatever um, chapter of your life you are in right now and have been in for this past year, I suspect that most all of us have experienced some of these emotions that we're going to talk about. So just to give us some thoughts about um, different places we see these emotions in people in the Bible, maybe we'll give us a little insight into our own hearts and minds and, and maybe some encouraging um, challenges to help us deal with emotions. You know, emotions can be very dangerous. They, God gave us emotions, but he didn't give emotions to us to rule us. Um, so let's talk a little bit about some of the emotions that maybe we've all experienced. So the first one I want to talk to, about today is um, the word distraught or the feeling distraught. Now, we don't use that word a whole lot in common culture now. Um, <clears throat> in my day, a lot of times we would say someone was beside themselves which meant I think a person was so distressed or so upset that they weren't behaving in their normal way. Um, or uh, I think, I mean, I'm not really good at this common vernacular nowadays, but I think maybe the um, word maybe for this culture is uh, flipped out. Someone is just so upset that they're just flipped out. They're just off, um, so upset that they're not functioning properly. So um, I could find several examples in the Bible, but there's one that just kept coming back to my mind I wanted to share with you, and it's in the Old Testament, but it's such a powerful story. And to give you a little background, we're going to jump into a story that has to do with an Old Testament prophet. Now, remember that a prophet always represented God to people. Um, for instance, God would give a prophet a message and say, go tell this to King so-and-so, or go to this nation and preach this message, or uh, go to this individual or go to this group of people. So God would give a message to a prophet and he would take it to wherever God directed him to take it. Now, you also might remember that in the Old Testament, as we followed the story of the nation of the Jews, as um, the reason the nation of the Jews is important, as you probably know, if you're a Bible student at all, is because it was through uh, Abraham, through the Jewish nation, that God was going to send Jesus. That's the main reason, the, the reason that that um, nation is important. Um, so in the Old Testament, you might remember that uh, after King David ruled and his son Solomon ruled, then Solomon's son Rehoboam uh, made some very unwise choices, and as a result, the nation split in two. Um, 
Yeah, split in two. So 10 of the 12 tribes of Israel went north, and that kingdom had its own capital, had their own king. They were kind of doing their own thing, and they became known as Israel. So I know this is a little confusing because the nation is still Israel, but they became known as the kingdom of Israel in the northern kingdom. And then the two tribes that stayed down around Jerusalem in the southern part of Israel, they became known as Judah. Maybe one of the reasons is Judah was one of the two tribes. It was Judah and Benjamin who stayed in the southern area surrounding uh, Jerusalem in that area. So in Judah, in the kingdom of Judah, um, we have throughout the Old Testament, well, not throughout the whole thing, but in the Old Testament, we have kind of chronicles, stories, narratives of the different kings that ruled both in Judah and in the northern kingdom known as Israel. And it's interesting that you'll also see the stories of many, not all, but many of the prophets that God sent to speak to the people in those in both of those uh, kingdoms and also to their kings. And uh, so it's interesting to me that sometimes the most fantastic prophets God sent to the northern kingdom. And the reason I guess I'm just stunned by that is the northern kingdom went into idolatry right away. They never were faithful to God. None of their kings were good. They were all evil. They were never uh, true worshipers of God once they left uh, the, the southern kingdom, once they split off. They never really uh, honored God. <clears throat> now, of course, there's always there's always groups of people, even in the midst of great rebellion and, and uh, rejection of God, but there will always be groups of people that, that really do honor God, but they were a small minority. Okay, so... One of the prophets, one of these fantastic prophets that God sent to the northern kingdom, remember they they weren't worshiping as a rule, they weren't worshiping God, the kings were evil, but God sent this fantastic prophet, and his name was Elisha. Now, you might, you know, not to get confused, right before Elisha was Elijah, and then following Elijah was Elisha. Now, uh, they both have some fantastic stories. If I were you, I would pull out that Bible and go back through First and Second Kings and the Chronicles and read some of their stories because they're fantastic. Okay, so we're going to jump into just one story about the prophet Elisha. And I will tell you, if you'll get your Bible out and turn to Second uh, Kings chapter 6, there are so many really good stories in that little area. Just right there, even if you just read that chapter, the one before, the one after, you're going to see so many fantastic stories. But we're just going to jump into one, okay? So let me tell you a little bit about what's going on before we start reading this little piece of the story. So remember I told you he's a prophet to the northern kingdom up in Israel. Um, And although the king was not a God follower, um, God still honored to some degree um, taking care of those people. You know, that's the thing. A lot of times when we're in rebellion, God's still looking out for us, isn't he? You know, he, he may let us suffer the consequences of our bad decisions, but he still loves us and he still loved them. And so interestingly, there was a a country that really was the enemy of Israel and of Judah, for that matter, who uh, wanted to take over the northern kingdom. This is what they did in those ancient days. They just conquered one another, okay? So there was an enemy nation who wanted to conquer the northern kingdom. Eventually one did, but not now. And so this this other country, this other king, this other army uh, kept strategizing to conquer them. But every time they would go to battle... Um, they would be, when they got to the battle, the Is- Israelites already knew that they were coming, and so they always were prepared, and so they always won. Israelites always won. They never got conquered by these other other uh, people, other kingdoms, kingdom. And we'll get their name here in just a minute. So <clears throat> this king, I think it was the king of Aram, he got kind of angry 
because he just suspected there was something wrong here. You know, if if uh, somebody finds out what your plan is once, that could be coincidence. But it kept happening over and over and over. So he calls his leaders together and says, okay, which one of you is a spy? Because somebody is telling them when we're coming. And so um, I think he's ready to just swap them all out. But uh, they say, oh, no, no, it's not us. There's no spy here. It's this prophet in Israel. God tells him whenever you're going to plan a battle. And so he tells the king and the king's already ready. So this king of Aram says, well, we're just going to wipe that prophet out. We'll just snub this, nip this in the bud, get rid of him. So this army, um, this king gets his army and he goes after this prophet, Elisha. Now, this is where we're going to jump into the story. Notice that as we jump in, he's not going to just take a little, uh, you know, a little group like 10 soldiers or something. He's just going after one prophet. He's not, the prophet is not a soldier. He's not a king. He He's not a commander. He's just a prophet. But uh, this king is so determined to wipe him out, he takes, uh, well, let's just read what he takes. So we're going to go to 2 Kings, the book of 2 Kings, and we're going to jump into chapter 6 in verse 14. So here we go. So one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. Okay, wait, wait. Let's just take this in really carefully. Remember, this king is going after one prophet, and this is what he does. He takes a great army, not a small one, a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God, that's referring to Elisha, when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. So he runs back in and he says, Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, Oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. As the Aramean army advanced toward him, Elisha prayed, Oh, Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness, as Elisha had asked. Then Elisha went out and told them, You've come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. Follow me, and I'll take you to the man you're looking for. You have to, you know, see the sense of humor here. Okay. And he led them to the city of Samaria, which, by the way, was the capital of the northern kingdom, Israel, we're talking about. Um, as soon as they had entered Samaria, Elisha prayed, Oh, Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. Because remember, Elisha had prayed for them to be blinded. So the Lord opened their eyes, and they discovered that they were in the middle of Samaria, which is the capital of the northern kingdom they had come to conquer. Okay, there's more to that story. I hope you'll go read it, okay? Uh, you don't want to miss it. So um, what I want us to see here are a couple of things. One is Elisha's servant what he came out and saw that day was unexpected and overwhelming. Was it not? It was unexpected and overwhelming. Now, if you go in and read what happened before and after, Elisha's servant had seen many miracles. Elisha's servant had seen God work so many ways, so many times. And yet right now, out of nowhere, there was this huge enemy coming after them, and he was overwhelmed, and he flipped out. So what did Elisha pray for him? Elisha prayed that God would open his eyes. Now, this is what my prayer is for us today, that our eyes will be opened, because we need to see that God is at work. God is still for us. God is still all-powerful. And God will see us through, and not just see us through. We're not going to be limping along. 
God is busy in his great power working right now. We've seen that even in our own lives personally. We've seen it at New Spring Church. We've seen it around the country and around the world. God is working in spite of what seems very frightening. So let's ask God to open our eyes, to see him at work, to be reminded by what we see that he's still here with us. He's still working. He still loves us and he still has a plan and he's very powerful. Uh, I just love the picture of the great army of God that was between Elisha and his servant and the enemy. And I believe that's true of us today. We have a great army of God surrounding us, between us and the enemy. So let's ask God to open our eyes to see him at work. I know it's been a challenging year, and I know we have um, we, we would feel justified to be distraught, to flip out. But let's keep our eyes on the Lord, just like Noah did through that upper window. And remember, he's still powerful. He's still very much engaged in what's going on here, and we can trust him. So I hope that encourages your heart in life today. And tomorrow we're going to talk about another emotion that I think we've all experienced and maybe how we can deal with that as well. So let's have a word of prayer this morning. Oh, Father, please open our eyes to see you and what you're doing. Give us a clear vision of your great love and your great power. And we just want to thank you, Father, for taking such good care of us. Many of us, Lord, have walked through some very dark valleys in the last year. And many of us have seen challenges we never, ever anticipated. We've had disappointments, and and it's just been a, a tough year. But Father, I just pray that you would open our eyes to see you as you guide us, as you lead us through these days for your glory and honor. Please wrap your arms of love around each person who's listening or watching, each family that's represented, and even today, whatever the challenges might be, may we see clearly your leadership in our life and help us to have the courage and the wisdom to follow you. Thank you, Father, for your great, great love. Thank you that you're so much bigger than any of our problems. Thank you for so many answered prayers that we've seen over the course of this last year, especially. And we just thank you for all these things. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope you're having a wonderful day, and I hope you will see God at work in your life um, today, and we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. God bless.